Well, hi to all the girls of IC Church. Hey, Favor Conference is just around the corner and we're going to have an amazing time. And our special guest is Pastor Vicki Simpson, who I know you're just going to love. She's always brought a powerful word. I know this year will not be any different. But in the lead up to conference this year, we thought we'd have a bit of fun, go back into the archive and pull out some of our old Favor messages over the years. So we're going to be having Favor Flashback Friday. And over the next weeks, you can join us as we listen to these messages as we get ready and excited for what God wants to do at Favour Conference this year. So make sure you head to thefavour.co, get registered and we look forward to seeing you there. So I want to just get into the Word of God because that's a good thing to do. And I've just got a really simple message But you know, when it comes time, and this happens every year when the team, who are magnificent at uh, pulling off these conferences, um, they come to me and go, Joe, we need a thought, we need a scripture, we need a declaration. I'm like, okay, and I go away and it never comes fast enough for them. They would like it with six months notice. Um, But you know, when I get it, we usually get it. And this year, I really felt that we needed to declare the call. And very simply, um, I think we just need to bust some myths about what the call of God is. I think we get so hung up on some of these things, and I really felt it's time not just for some women to step into the call of God, but for all women to actually find their place of who God has called them to be. So you're going to see lots of things about the call. That's actually what it means in very simple form of what we wanted to see happen here. And uh, so we're going to just read a passage of scripture that God just showed me something out of this, which is not a usual place I would preach from. But anyway, we're going to go there. And uh, I was saying to our city campus on the weekend, I no longer have a large print Bible. I've gone giant print. So I don't even need glasses to read these words. It's thicker than most Bibles, but hey, we'll just go with it. So we're going to read from 2 Samuel uh, chapter 23. Yeah, I love that. And this is what it says. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Josh, oh, see, this is where I'm going to get into trouble. Josheb. Yeah, okay. He was a chief of the three, and he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Told you it was going to be exciting. And next to him was Eliezer, son of Dodai, the Ahohite. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pass Damon for battle. And then the Israelites retreated, but Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. That's exciting. Verse 11, we're going to land in some exciting stuff here, all right? It says to him, and next to him, these are the three, was Shammah, son of Agi the Ararite. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and he struck the Philistines down and the Lord brought about a great victory. I want to speak to you on this thought, my lentil patch. My lentil patch. As I love lentils. Does anyone love lentils? But lentils do not like me. Okay? 
Uh, so that's where we'll just leave that. But uh, I love lentils. But you know, like I said, I wanted to call this conference The Call because we've got to stop wasting some time when it comes to the things of the call of God and actually understand the call is for now. It's not for tomorrow. It's actually for right now. And I really felt to activate the women of IC and anyone else who's visiting or watching online that the time is now for us to step into this. And I feel it's a bit of a prophetic message for the women of our church. Come on, girls, the call is here. What are we going to do with it? And I love this because here we are, we're talking about uh, David's mighty men. David's mighty men. And it really resonated with me because I'd really love us to be known as a church or, you know, as a gathering of women, that we would be the mighty girls, the mighty women that do incredible exploits for God. But we've got to solve this issue of what this call means and who it's available for and who can step into it because it's such a lie from the enemy that it's only for a few people. Unfortunately, we have tears of Christianity that the Bible actually doesn't talk about. That we have, well, I just love Jesus. Well, where's your fruit? You know, I come to church once a month. Yeah, but that's not really what it talks about in the Word of God. And so we can't actually have levels of Christianity. We're either called of God or we're not called of God. And that might sound a little harsh. I'm a really nice person if you're watching online. Um, Hopefully. (laughs) But you know, there's something serious, and I think when we've come into this season of COVID, it's almost like we're going to stop playing some games and get serious about a few things. We're going to have to get serious about our faith. We're going to have to get serious about our profession, the way we live our lives for God. And so this is so important. You see, back in my day, we would go to youth camp once a year, and you know, you'd be lucky to get a guest speaker, a prophetic you know, ministry, and sometimes you'd respond to the altar. Has anyone ever done that before? And you'd wait for someone to give you a prophetic word, and then you go, oh, that's my call to serve God. And then you'd go home and nothing would happen. And we would just wait for something to happen, the heavens to open, and something miraculously to take place. And yet I've realized so often we are robbed by the very things that we could do for God by thinking it's one day, it's not yet, and actually understanding the call is for me, not because it's a moment in time, but because I am called. And we've got to get this in our spirit. It's so, so important. So like I said, here's David And it's talking about his mighty men. It's actually at the end of his life, this end of passage, and it's a real reflection on these guys. And, uh, you know, here they are. And this is my heart that we would have like an army of these men, these mighty men. We would see an army of skilled, confident, powerful women amongst our midst would be incredible. But what you've got to understand about these men, it says earlier, these men came from all over the place when David was actually hiding, when he was in exile. And these men weren't mighty men back then. So I want to bring some encouragement to you today. If you don't feel like a mighty woman right now, don't worry. Because you can actually walk with God and have some confidence. He wants to do something in your life. You see, the origins of these mighty men, they were in distress. They were in debt. And they were discontented. Now, as a pastor, they're probably not my top leadership picks right there. Oh, you're in debt. That's great. Come on, join my team. That's fantastic. We're going to make you like the treasurer of the church. And you're discontented. Who loves a discontented person? It's like, why don't you go and hang with the children? You know, I don't know. But these were what David had to work with. Sorry, Pastor Amber. <laughs> 
But this is what David had to work with. And yet at the end of his life, he's looking back, he goes, I remember those three. Those three were incredible. The exploits that they did, the pursuits that they had. You know, and I want to encourage us right now that we can actually step into this thing of being called. The call is here. It's available. It's ready. Just looking like that song said, I am available. Here I am. Here I am. I am available. And so here we have Shammah. Shammah. Now, I feel a bit sorry for Shammah because his name actually means, you've got to wonder what his mum was actually thinking about. It means loss, desolation, and astonishment. He was named that. He was marked with that over his life. And he was one of these three elite men, three of the most elite in David's army. They could do anything. It says one of them fought for so long that the sword was literally frozen or grafted to his hand because he had been in battle for so long. And here's Shammah, he finds himself in a bit of a fight and he finds himself in a field of lentils, a field of lentils. Now the problem is the Israelites who he was fighting with disappeared pretty quick. It says they retreated and Shammah found himself alone in a field of lentils. They're gone. He's all by himself. And yet on that day, he saw an incredible victory when he defeated a whole troop of Philistines all by himself. And out of this passage of scripture, just God gave me three things of what the call of God actually looks like. And I want to unpack that to you tonight because it's such a powerful thing out of the life of Shammah. Shammah, first of all, he took a stand. He took a stand. It actually says in this scripture in verse 12, it says, Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. I love this guy. He's in a fight. He's in a battle. And what did he do? He didn't go and hide on the outskirts. He made a decision in the middle of this field is where I will stand. And we need some women who will just make a stand and actually go, I'm in a lentil patch. Maybe it's not the place I imagined I would be. Maybe it's not the place I chose to be. I can't imagine Shammah going, well, I just can't wait to be in the middle of a lentil patch where I can fight a battle all by myself. Who would say that? And yet here's Shammah who finds himself there. And as women, sometimes we've got to look at the lentil patch that we're in and go, mm, I didn't choose this lentil patch. I didn't choose this place. And so often we discount then the call of God because it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. I'm sure Shammah's going, I'm a mighty man of David. Why am I standing in the middle of lentils? But I love the fact in the middle, right in the middle of that ground, he goes, I'm taking a stand now. This will now become my cold place. This will now become my territory. This will now become my zone. And I will own it with everything I've got. It doesn't matter if everyone's left me. It doesn't matter if I'm all by myself. Right now, I am making this the place where I am called of God to do something significant. He didn't complain. He didn't retreat with the others. He actually stood in the middle. He goes, I'm going to own this place. If that's all I do in my life, I will own this zone and go, this has become my lentil patch. He didn't choose it, but he made it his. You know, Proverbs, I love this, uh, the Passion Translation, verse 31 says this. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it 
as her own, carrying it within her. She labors there to plant living vines. I love this passage because if you want to see the call of God outworked in your life, first of all, you've got to stand in the place you are right now. Don't look somewhere else. Don't look beyond tomorrow and go, you know what? This is my marriage. This is my family. These are my children. This is my job. This is my ministry. And go, you know what? This is my lentil patch and I'm going to own this place. I'm going to stand right in the middle of it. And we need more people to actually understand. That's why I love this scripture in Proverbs. It talks about she sets her heart upon a nation and she makes it her own. Could you imagine if girls alone, we just said, I'll take my city and I'll take responsibility. My community, I'll take responsibility. And if all I do is just pray for my city, or pray for my community, I will own that space. I will take that and make it my own. It says of this woman in Proverbs, she carries it within her. Do you call the place where you are right now, do you carry it with you? Or is it just an inconvenience? Is it just a place you're trying to pass through? Do you actually go, this is my zone. This is my territory. It doesn't matter what yours looks like, but this is mine. I want to encourage you, wherever you're watching from right now online, we've got to just own this zone. I love this man, Shama. It's a lentil field today. That's my call today. We get so hung up about some titles and big things. He goes, well, today the lentil patch is mine and I'm going to take it and I'm going to own it. It's going to be powerful. Now, my husband, he's here, is into AFL. And in this last few weeks, there's been a game over these next 21 days, a game every day. It is awful, awful. You think you cuddle up to your husband at night, go, let's watch TV. He goes, yeah, that's great. There's games on tonight. No, not another one. But you know, Paul, he recites so many analogies about AFL that I've actually embraced them, which is really sad. And I'm going to give you a quote from a coach, a former coach from Hawthorne, AFL club. I cannot believe I am doing this tonight. Mark, this is a moment. This is your influence on me, Paul. But a great John Kennedy coach, John Kennedy said this statement to his team. Don't think, do. Did I get it right, Paul? <laughs> Don't think, do. He's so proud of me now. That's it, you know. Because all oh, my wife's amazing. Don't think, do. And we've got into this mindset, we think about everything, we analyze everything, we compare everything, and then we criticize everything, and then we just have a whinge about everything, and then we tell I'm not good enough about everything, and then we go, I don't know if I can even do it, I don't know if I can even do it. And we go through these motions of thinking. Shama just went, it's my lentil patch, and I'm owning this. The other Israelites took off, but I will stand in the middle of this ground and I will make it mine. So girls, don't think, do. Stop complaining. Stop comparing. Oh, I don't like my lentil patch. I like their lentil patch better. They're growing wheat and I'm growing lentil. Lentils give me gas, you know, all those kind of things. Stop comparing. Stop criticizing. Stop pulling down the place that God's actually put you. Stop pulling down the people in your world. 
Don't ever go down the path, if only I had something better, my life would be so much easier. We've got to understand, this is my lentil patch. And as a single woman, a married woman, whatever student, working, it doesn't matter. You literally have to have something within your spirit that says, this is my lentil patch. And like Shammah, stand right in the middle and own that zone because it's yours. You know, years ago, I was at a camp, youth camp. We had a prophet come through. And he had a prophetic word. He called me to the front. And can I be really honest? I thought this was my big moment. I thought I was going to get, you know, a real razzle-dazzle prophetic word and go, oh, send me to, you know, whatever. I don't know what I thought it was. I was like 16 or 17 at the time. No, 18. And here I am, child, this word. And, you know, this guy calls me forward. He goes, so what, what do you feel the gift is on your life? And I went, oh, I feel like I've got a healing anointing. And he looked at me and I could see he was perplexed in giving me this word. He's like, okay. And he goes, I'm just going to prophesy. I can't shake it. You've got an anointing of admin. <laughs> no, I've definitely got a healing anointing. <laughs> Who'd never prayed for any sick person, you know, it's so funny. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's just got a, an anointing for admin. I went away, well, that sucks. <laughs> Who's ever going to go, well, I had a great word and God's called me to admin. And you know, I can actually dismiss the call of God on my life because my lentil patch didn't look very fun. <laughs> Definitely didn't fit into the picture that I had of what I should be called to do. But the incredible thing was, as I served in my gift, thinking, oh, I'm not doing anything for God. I'm not doing anything significant. I'm just doing admin. You know, it actually led me to meet my husband. Yeah. Don't all have to do admin, but admin is a gift, all right? <laughs> but it actually has led me to do things even in our church, you know, and even partnering with him. I tell you what, sometimes we want to choose our lentil patch. <laughs> Go, that one looks better. That one looks way better. It's neat and it's tidy and it's, you know, God guys put you in a messy one. And it's just crazy. But I want to tell you, if you want to see the call of God outworked in your life, not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. Go, this is my space. This is my zone. This is my family. And I'm going to stand right in the middle. Girls, let's own the zone that we're in. It's the first step in being called of God. Second thing is this, real quick. Not only do we have to stand, Shama actually defended. It defended. It's actually said of him, he says he defended it. He didn't just stand in that lentil patch. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Isn't that incredible? He didn't just stand there. He just says, now I'm going to defend everything that God has put on my life. I'm actually going to go to war for the things of God. I'm going to fight for the things of God. And he defeated a whole troop of Philistines because he made a decision. This is worth defending. My space where I am right now is worth defending. Now listen to this. He defended, but God brought the victory. Sometimes we're waiting for God to bring the victory without us even defending the very thing that he's called us to. I want to encourage you. We have actually got to defend the space that God has put us in. Now what do I mean by that? I'm talking about we have to go to prayer. 
We have to go to prayer for our families. We've got to actually go to prayer for our marriages. We've got to go to prayer for our church and for our cities. We have to go to prayer. We have to defend them from every attack that would actually come. And so often we can stand in my lentil patch that I don't even like that much and I don't know why I'm here. And then we allow the enemy to come and do whatever he wants to do. You see, Shammah understood, I am protecting the harvest. I am protecting the seed that has grown. And now I'm going to protect the harvest because that's what will feed me. That's what will sustain me. And we've got to understand that we are protecting the harvest. And girls, we've got to go to war on these things. I love this guy. He thought he could take on an army and he did. He defended the place that he was at. And I love this. We need to defend these things in our life. We need to defend them and go after them. You know, for many years, and I still can fall into this little trap sometimes, it's so easy to pray from a place of fear and actually think that we're praying. And I'd pray sometimes, oh, Lord, just protect my boys. Protect Paul. Don't let anything bad happen to them. And I was always out of a place of fear. Oh, God, you know, just don't let anything bad happen. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me once. He says, you're doing it all wrong. You need to walk into this place and actually have some confidence and defend the promises of God on their life and defend and come against the works of the enemy. And so often we let the enemy come in and steal the harvest that is actually intended for us. So what do you need to go to war on, girls, and actually defend in your life to see the breakthrough? We've actually got to begin. So then I'd walk in and say, rather than praying, oh, God, protect them. It'd be much, God, I speak life over them. I speak victory over them. I speak every promise of God is going to come to pass because there is a harvest and I'm going to see the potential of the harvest. No enemy is stealing this harvest from me. I'm going to see the reality in my life. You see, Isaiah 54, 17 says this, and we know this scripture, no weapon formed against me or you tonight shall prosper. I love that, no weapon. You may have some weapons come against you, but none of them will prosper. If you understand, we're going to stand, but we are also going to defend everything that God has given us. And we need some girls, mighty girls, who actually know how to go to war for the right things in their life. Rather than saying, come and take whatever you want, enemy, we go, no, this is my harvest. You can back off because this is what God has given me. And I want to encourage you, we need girls to pray for their city. Say, enemy, get out. Get out. I need you to pray for our church and actually make a declaration. No, we want to see the harvest in our church. Everything that the enemy intends for evil, no, God's going to turn around for good. We need some girls to step in and defend. So we're going to stand in the middle and own our zone. We're going to defend and come against every work of the enemy because harvest is our portion. Let me tell you that. Worship team, why don't you come and join me? And the third thing about this, Shammah lived surrendered. He lived surrendered. Now, how do we know this? Well, he was one of David's mighty men. He was a mighty man. And he pledged allegiance even before David was king and then became king. He literally put his life on the line for this king, for this man. He basically said, whatever he wants, whatever he needs, I am there ready to serve the king. 
It's not about my agenda. It's actually about everything that he wants. And, you know, he is sold out for this cause. And I can tell you now, one of the greatest things that we could actually see is girls who just go, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the service of my king. It's wherever he wants me. It's wherever he needs me. It's whatever he requires of me. I am here fulfilling the call, which actually ultimately means I'm surrendering. I'm laying down my life. And these mighty men continually lay down their life for something greater than even themselves. Now, how how do I know this? You see, in a few scriptures on, It talks about the three mighty men one day are with David. And David just makes this sigh. He's been in exile from his homeland for so long. And he just says, oh, if only I could have a drink of water from the well that is at Bethlehem. Oh, I long for that. Do you know, in just a moment, that night, his three mighty men, devised a plan and they broke through enemy lines. They crossed through Philistines. They put everything on the line and they came back crawling through that place with a cup of water from the well of Bethlehem that even at the very threat of their life being lost and they presented to their king, you asked for a drink? You wanted a drink? Here's a drink from that well that you wanted. And I feel like there's something coming in our spirits where we're not living to tell God what we want. We're actually saying, you want, you want that, God? Absolutely. You want me to do that? Absolutely. It may not be the call that you imagine, but can I tell you, it'll be the most fulfilling, the safest, the most fruitful place that you could ever be. And one of the most dangerous things you could ever do girls watching online, I say this as well, is to go, God, I surrender. I surrender. And in that moment, you're saying, put me anywhere. Ask me to do anything. I'll crawl through enemy lines. All because you are my king. And I'm laying it all on the line for you. Proverbs 22 says this. Laying your life down in tender surrender before the Lord will bring life, prosperity, and honor as your reward. Matthew 10, 39 says this, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. It's just such a call. And I know for Paul and I going through this COVID season, And I know there are others doing even tougher than we've experienced. One of the cries of our heart, the desperate cries of our heart is, God, we just don't want to go back to what we were doing. We just want to say, whatever you want, wherever you want us, it can be anywhere. It can be anything. It can be hard. It can be challenging. But that's what I want in my life. And I tell you what, that is the call of God. It starts with surrender. It starts with a place gone, I will do anything for God. And this is the challenge for us. Because quite often we're torn. Do I really want to do anything for God? I tell you what, you'll find the greatest fulfillment in laying it all out, 
No conditions. No expectation that he has to fulfill everything for you. But just a heart of surrender. That's why these mighty men were mighty men. In 1949, I love reading about revivals. On the island of Lewis, up north of Scotland, a very small island, two women, 84 and 82 years of age. One was completely blind. We'd probably say they were in their latter years. Peggy and Christine Smith. I think I may have a picture. I'm not sure if it's going to come up. Peggy and Christine Smith on this island of Lewis. Here's one blind. Here they are. And they were so saddened by the condition, the spiritual condition of their island. That young people weren't in the house of God. That no one had reverence or awe for the things of God. That they treated the things of God with contempt. And these two women were so brokenhearted over this. We'd probably go, "Mm, just let it go, ladies. You fought your fight. It's time. You've done your thing. But these women were so stirred by this that they took it on themselves to pray. They didn't wait for anyone else to start a prayer meeting. They started a prayer meeting. And it says they would start two nights a week, 10, 8 p.m. at night and go through to 3 a.m. in the morning. Not many of us could do that. Two nights a week. And for about a month, they did this. And one of them, Peggy or Christine, I don't know which one, had a vision about after a month of just praying on their knees. Old ladies had a vision of their local church filled and they couldn't even fit any more people into their building. So they brought the local pastor around and said, you better start praying. I love that. You can tell Paul and I any time to come and start praying. And they said, you're going to join us Tuesdays and Fridays. We pray from 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. It would have been a bit of a rude shock, wouldn't it? And so here he comes, this pastor. And then they said, let's get the elders together and let's, let's all start to pray. And there were some crusty old elders there, opinionated elders, grumpy elders, you know, just, well, you know, young people these days. And Peggy and Christine says, no, we're going to pray. And they went to a farmer's barn. They were hardcore. There was no heating there. No comfy chairs or carpet. Bales of hay. And they said, we're going to pray two nights a week. And they prayed for about a month, just praying. God, just do something. We want revival. Do something. We want our young people to meet Jesus. Do something on our island. Do something in our church. And then something powerful happened. One day, as they were just praying, we want revival. Touch the young people. The presence of God came into this barn. But something happened, not what you think. One of the elders got up and he began to pray. And as he was saying, Lord, give us revival for our town, he began to say, give me revival. Do it in me. Start in me. I surrender. I'm available. I'm ready. And something began to happen in that little barn as these people going, yeah, let it start in us. We're ready. We want to do something. We surrender. 
And as this began happening day in, day out, things began happening across this island. It talks about a local dance where all the young people went. We're talking about 1949, okay? And as hundreds of young people are in this dance hall, no one from the church was there. The presence of God began to fall in this dance hall. And people were running out of the dance hall because they knew God had turned up there. Within weeks of this happening, the church was filled and overflowing. It says 75% of the population got saved. And this lasted for three years. Was it their prayers? Absolutely. Was it them coming together to declare revival? Absolutely. But I believe the greatest key is they said, do it in me. I'm available. I'm ready. I want revival. And this is what I saw was a picture of mighty men like David, but mighty girls. You know, their lentil patch might be small. They go, it's mine. They know how to defend that space. But at the essence of who they are, they are surrendered. It's time for us not to have levels of Christianity. There's only one. Are we surrendered to the king or are we just living our own life? And I want us to stand in this place right now. And I just want you to raise your hands to heaven. Lord, today is just an act of surrender. It's not our call, God, it's your call. And today we lay down our lives afresh and we pick up whatever you ask us to do. God, we just surrender afresh. I feel like there's just an alignment coming right now and I just sense there have been some women who've striving, striving, trying to work things out in your own strength and your own ability. God's just saying, just surrender. Why was the moment when Mary worshipped at the feet of Jesus and Martha complained? Because that moment where she just came and sat at the feet of Jesus was actually just about surrender. There are always things, but my choice is surrender. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'd fill your girls afresh. Lord, wherever they find themselves today, Let them know that's the place that you've called them. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the challenges, that's the place you've called them to. But God, give them a grace to defend that harvest, Lord God. Lord, I just pray that we would live surrendered, poured out lives, that our greatest response would be, what does the King want? Because I'm going to do that for Him. So I speak a blessing right now in Jesus' name.